Well, it's been quite a week. The news is being dominated by what's happening in Ukraine. Unprovoked Russia has invaded a sovereign nation, killing innocent people, uh, leaving the entire world on edge. One journalist that I read this weekend put it this way, it is a raw 18th century style land grab by a superpower, but in a 21st century globalized world. This is the first war that will be covered by TikTok and smartphones uh, so acts of brutality are going to be closely documented and broadcast across the globe without edits or filters. The Ukrainian people are dying and they're suffering. They're also fighting for their country. And so as we've all been watching this unfold, we can only sit here and wonder what's going to happen next <laughs> and how bad can things get also this past week, our church and our Nashville community lost somebody who was very special to many of us. Uh, Tolu Quinn was a Nashville native. She grew up here at Woodmont. I first met her almost 30 years ago at Bethany Hills Church Camp when we were in seventh grade. She was a minister on our staff for a number of years, working with youth and then with mission and outreach. And then, as many of you know, she started the Nashville Food Project right here uh, at South Hall on our campus. And it grew and it grew and it grew and it's now headquartered over in the nations. A $3 million nonprofit that seeks to bring people together to grow, cook, and share nourishing food, cultivating community, and alleviating hunger in our city. This organization was her vision and it's an incredible nonprofit in our town. Whenever I hear our scripture this morning, the words of, of Matthew 25, where Jesus says this, well, whenever I hear these words, I think of her and have for many years when she was starting that ministry and it was growing. Jesus says, come you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then the righteous will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer, truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Now, at the service this past week, I said that I got to read those words to Tolu the morning that she died, which was a very profound experience because I've never known anybody to live those words like her. We find people in life who are really good at talking the Christian language. I'm saved by grace. I've been sanctified. God wants this. God wants that. You're a true Christian if. But Jesus himself has always been very interested in people who don't just talk about it, but who actually live the faith. James, the brother of Jesus, says this explicitly. If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Tolu Quinn was somebody who understood these words, and she lived her faith, and she could talk the talk. She went to seminary. 
She knew theology. She studied Tillich and Niebuhr and James Cone and all the other giants at, at Union Seminary. She knew the scripture. But at the end of the day, she knew that it's what we put into action that really matters. Words are empty if they're not backed up with action. That's true in our faith. That's true in our marriage. That's true in our friendships. And Jesus cared about the poor. Does that mean that he didn't care about the rich? Absolutely not. He was always challenging those who had means to help those who couldn't. But Jesus had a special place in his heart for the poor. And so when he begins his ministry in Luke's gospel, remember what he says, he quotes the words of Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. Now, Toulouse legacy will be one of always seeking to bring good news to the poor by letting them know that there is enough for everybody. You don't have to be hungry. You don't have to be lonely. You don't have to live in fear. God calls us to help each other, to serve each other, to provide for each other. And so her legacy is one of compassion and service and action. Now, the day after Toulouse Memorial Service, what happens? Russia invades Ukraine. We thought it might happen. We hoped it wouldn't happen. Ukraine is a sovereign nation. It's been uh, taken over by an aggressive superpower. So we celebrate the life of somebody who worked for peace and justice in this community, and then we watch a, a, a madman invade a neighboring country, which still seems surreal in the 21st century. Which legacy will we respect more? Which legacy is more aligned with the will of God? The question that I want to raise this morning in our message today is, what will our legacy be? What difference are we making in the world? What's, what are our priorities? What are our values? What will people say one day when our days here on earth are over? Or to put it differently, if somebody asked you to sit down this afternoon and, and write your obituary, what would you put in it in hopes that you would accomplish it during your lifetime? Some of you have heard before that famous poem called The Dash by Linda Ellis. Hear these words. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of birth and spoke the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time that they spent alive on earth. And now only those who love them know what that little line was worth. For it matters not how we own, how much we own the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we lived and loved and how we spent our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. If we could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real and always try to understand the way that other people feel and be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering this special dash might only last a little while. 
So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say and how you spent your dash? Some of you remember a book written a number of years ago now by David Brooks called The Road to Character. And in the book, he talks about how every single one of us has two different versions of ourselves. He calls them Adam 1 and Adam 2. Adam 1, he says, focuses on career and money and achievement and success. And Adam 2 focuses on uh, meaning and the formation of character. And these two versions are always uh, battling and tugging at each other for our time and our attention over what's most important in our lives. It's a battle that lasts really our entire lives. He says, if you're only Adam 1, you turn into a shrewd animal, a crafty, self-preserving creature who is adept at playing the game and who turns everything into a game. If that's all you have, you spend a lot of time cultivating professional skills, but you don't have a clear idea of the sources of meaning in your life. So you don't know where you should devote your skills or which career path will be the highest and best. Years pass and the deepest parts of yourself go unexplored and unstructured. You're busy, but you have vague anxiety that your life has not achieved its ultimate meaning and significance. And so you live with this unconscious boredom not really loving, not really attached to the moral purpose that gives life its worth. But the Adam II part of our nature is the one that goes much deeper. It's where we learn to overcome pride and ego. It's where we begin to understand that we are not defined by what we do or how successful we are, even though there's nothing wrong with those things. We are defined by our character and how we treat other people. And as Christians, the Adam II part of our nature revolves around how well we live out Jesus' teachings. And so Brooks says the road to character begins with an accurate understanding of our nature and recognizing that we are flawed creatures. We have a tendency to be self-centered and overconfident. However, we are not the center of the universe. And so we must learn humility. Pride blinds us to our weaknesses, makes us think that we're better than we actually are. Pride drives us to prove that we are better than others. And it makes it hard to be vulnerable before those whose love we need. So in an effort to confront our pride and our ego, we must learn humility. All of Jesus's teachings are grounded in humility. Have you ever thought about that? And humility is one of those virtues that's so important. And so this morning, for the last part of this message, I wanna raise this question. What are the things that all of us would like to have as part of our legacy, no matter who you are, what you do, no matter how many years you might have left here on earth, what are some of the things that you'd like for people to say about you when your days here on earth are done? I'll mention a few and then you can add to it. The first one is I think all of us want it to be said that we got over ourselves and our selfish inclinations. Jesus actually called this denying self. Battling selfishness is a lifelong journey. We all know that as humans, right? It's a lifelong journey and the only way to battle it is to go and care for other people, to live for other people. Everybody wants to be respected. Everybody wants to be heard. 
Everybody wants to be seen and listened to, but if we never get over ourselves and our own ego, then we spend our lives asking what other people can do for us rather than what we can do for other people. This is actually a problem in the church. What can the church do for me rather than what can I go and do for the world on behalf of Jesus and on behalf of the church? Now, Toulouse ministry was grounded in her Christian faith, but it didn't stop at the church. It went all over the community. It was outwardly focused. There were all kinds of people here to celebrate her life. Secondly, I think all of us would like to have a legacy of being authentic. That we told the truth. That we didn't say one thing to one group of people and then something else to another group of people. A while back, actually years ago, I tried to adopt a principle in my own life. If I say anything to a group of people, even if it's supposed to be in confidence, I will stand by it. I won't say something and then deny it. And if I'm wrong, and I've been wrong plenty of times, and I'll be wrong more times, then I will apologize and own it. There's no substitute in life for telling the truth. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you tell the truth or what you believe to be the truth, you don't have to worry about what you said. So being authentic means that we try to tell the truth, that we stand by what we say. And if people don't like you for for who you are, that's okay. But we should always try to be true to who we are. Third, when it comes to legacy, I think all of us should want to be known as people who forgive and who try to let go of the past. Jesus taught forgiveness. He said we should forgive 70 times seven. When we pray the Lord's prayer, we pray for forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And as human beings, we have lots of things in common. We've all been hurt. We've all been offended, we've all been burned, we've all been talked about behind our backs. And Jesus knew this, and so he said, forgiveness matters. Forgive others if you want to be forgiven yourself. And if you keep bringing things up from the past over and over again, then you're not moving forward, and you're not forgiving, and guess what? You're probably not healing We're going to dive into Jesus's parables in Matthew's gospel during the season of Lent. That's going to be our series starting next week after Ash Wednesday. And so many of his parables have to deal with forgiveness. Fourth, we should all want to have a legacy of being a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Now, being a peacemaker does not mean that we always avoid conflict. Some things have to be dealt with in life. The world is having to figure that out right now with Russia. Remember the last time that a guy started invading countries in Europe back in the early 20th century? That didn't end too well. To work for peace, you have to know peace. You also have to face fear because fear keeps us from peace. And there's something that Tolu Quinn knew, you can't have peace without justice. But there are so many ways to be peacemakers. Go talk directly to somebody if you have an issue with them. Don't gossip. Don't stir things up behind the scenes. Jesus calls us to take peace seriously. And every single day, every single day, we have a chance to do that, to bring about peace in the way we talk and the way we interact. And then finally this morning, I think we would all want in our legacy 
to be known as bringing hope to other people. Even when she was battling her brain tumor and doing chemo and radiation, Tolu kept bringing hope, hope through her writings, hope through her words. Living a hopeful life, even in the face of difficulty, is a choice that we all make. Paul writes to Romans, suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint. It's Pharaoh's favorite word, and it's a great word. We should live with hope. We should try to bring hope to other people. We should always bring hope to others because there's been too much darkness and too much despair. Maya Angelou once said, people may forget what you said, they may forget what you did, but people will never, ever forget how you made them feel. So what's your legacy going to be? And are you doing your very best to live it each and every day? Amen.